upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. If you'd like hearing knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go, or what? This is a uh, special visitor, the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't beat beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that, and every kid, I, they knew they could kick the shit out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. I go, wait a minute, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men.
Well, New Jack yeah. was a big hockey guy. He's sure. a big hockey fan. I know that. Big Claude Gillings fan. Wow. 1980 New York Islanders reference by Taz. Oh, oh, man. Dex Devon with the clothesline. I've seen the gangsters, namely New Jack, do some of the most insane, crazy, daredevil-like sick stuff. This is patented stuff coming up here. You can see the guitar. Anybody who knows about the gangsters and knows their history, I don't like Brother Devon's chances right about now. New Jack stalking, measuring. Devon in the corner. Gertner. What is he, nuts? <laughs> the quintessential stunt muffin just got drilled. Just ate the guitar. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is our flagship show, our interview series, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I am JP John Paz, and today's episode is all about Mustafa Saeed, the gangster. One of the most legendary, he was a part of one of the most legendary tag teams in the history of wrestling. So memorable, so believable, so wild, so crazy, so popular. That was the Gangsters, all a part of ECW and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We go through their entire history. We go through Mustafa's entire history. Even going back to the enhancement days of the WWF and WCW in the very, very early 1990s. We touch it all. We even go into the fact that he is a huge, huge fan. Dating back from his father, going to his grandfather. Just a huge wrestling fan growing up in North Carolina. So he absolutely loves the Mid-Atlantic area and the Mid-Atlantic legends. Like Johnny Weaver, Johnny Valentine, Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair, Blackjack Mulligan. But especially these guys that he ended up feuding with in Smoky Mountains named the Rock and Roll Express, which is a pretty cool full circle moment, which we talk about in the interview with Mustafa. And now I don't want to take too much time and just keep rambling on and go into detail because this is a very long and great interview. It's going back into the epic territory where we used to call the episodes that went a great deal in length. Well over an hour, probably over an hour and a half. So sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself a great ride with Mustafa Saeed. But before I send you off to some two-man power trip of wrestling business and then head on over to the interview, want to just mention the other podcast, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling empire. We have Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. We have the Triple Threat Prod Podcast over on the Russo brand with... The franchise, Shane Douglas. We also have Rick Bassman's Talking Tough, which is over on Podcast One. And of course, Dirty Dutch Mantel, the University of Dutch, over on MLW Radio. So two-man power trip is everywhere these days, taking over the world little by little as we are creating a gigantic podcasting empire here. So like I said, you will really, really enjoy this one. This is an awesome interview. Mustafa is such a good talker, such a good storyteller. He had so much good things to say. I just absolutely love this interview, and I really loved and enjoyed talking to him off air as well. He is a great, great guy. So folks, sit back, relax, and enjoy a little Mustafa Saeed. But first, let's hand it off to a little two-man power trip of wrestling business. And now. 
for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip, and at Wrestling Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Michaels, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit J.J. Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas' store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and Player FM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podomatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And now, without any further ado, a former Smoky Mountain Wrestling World Tag Team Champion, a former two-time ECW World Tag Team Champion, he is one of the gangsters, he is Mustafa Saeed. Please enjoy. To the mind of a maniac Doomed to be a killer since I came out the nutsack A man of murderous mind state With a heart full of terror I see the devil in the mirror Fuck, fuck, lights out Cause when I grab my sword off Niggas get hauled off <laughs> Barrel one, touch your motherfucking flesh Barrel two, touch your fucking heart at your chest You see I'm quick to lift the hammer, go click On my tech nine So if you try to wreck mine, fool it's your bedtime Feel the blast from the chocolate bomber Infrared and let your head like your name was Decapitation, I ain't hesitating to put you in a funeral home With a bullet in your dome, I'm hot like lava You got a problem, I got a problem solver And his name is Revolver It's like a deadly game of freeze tag I touch you with the phony for mag And you're frozen inside a body bag Nobody iller than this graveyard filler Cap pillar, cause I'm a natural born killer Alright, joining us on the line right now is a former Smoky Mountain World Tag Team Champion, a former two-time ECW World Tag Team Champion. He is one of the gangsters. He is Mustafa Saeed. Mustafa, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What's up, people? What's going on? How you doing? Now, I think a lot of people have your name out there or thinking about you right now because of the dark side of the ring and, and the gangsters and the story on New Jack and all that stuff. So what have you been up to? Well, what I've been up to is just like anybody else, been uh, um, sitting around uh, waiting to see when they're going to lift this uh, coronavirus thing up, you know, and uh, hopefully uh, down the road they have a vaccine for this so we can get back to our lives again. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. Would be nice, uh, for sure. Now, did you get a chance to see a dark side of the ring? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got to uh, observe it 
personally and also got to see it again. And um, it was um, an experience that um, uh, when they brought it back on TV, it was it, it was a great uh, energy. It, it gave me great energy again uh, about pro wrestling. You know, it made me really proud of uh, the things that uh, that was accomplished. And you were also on the After Dark show as well. So, what was that experience like? Well, the experience of uh, hearing from everybody and uh, you know, get uh, hearing their opinions uh, and everything, man, it, it, it was great, man. Shoot, it was uh, one of those things that uh, you can reminisce and uh, you know, and, and have a, uh, a good time uh, thinking back, you know, how things went down. The Life and Crimes of New Jack is the name of the episode. I thought it was very, very well done. Good stuff. Did you think very, very accurate as far as the story and the documentary and everything, the way it went down? Well, yes. Uh, you know, with with New Jack, uh, it, it was uh, pretty much accurate. Uh, uh, the things that, uh, you know, even in, in our matches, uh, was the proof was in the pudding, you know, showing stuff, uh, uh, the whole tapes back then. Uh, and, uh, yeah, everything was pretty much accurate. Yeah. As far as them putting that out and doing that and really kind of, you know, showcasing New Jack and the gangsters, do you think that was something that would ever happen on national TV on a big scale like that? Or is it one of those things where you're surprised that they did that? Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, uh, this is, uh, 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 the time where, um, you know, they, they had other different subjects and probably the, the, I think the impact of us were, we, we were a little bit different, you know, uh, more than what they had been putting on TV. Cause I've seen them put a few, uh, shows on TV about wrestling, but I didn't think, uh, uh some of them were as good as what we were doing. You know, some of them were uh, uh, over the top, but uh, I didn't think something was over the top like we were, you know. Besides, there were always great wrestling tag teams and great wrestlers in the, uh, uh, before me, uh, uh, better than me, you know what I'm saying, things like that. But I didn't think they had quite the story that we had, you know. Absolutely. And that right. documentary is great. Obviously, Viceland did it. The uh, Evan Husney, Jason Eisner over at Dark Side of the Ring do a great job. But that was really kind of a, a cool topic and a cool subject to go over New Jack and his career and the craziness that kind of uh, surrounded him. So with New Jack, when was the first time you guys met? Well, we met in uh, North – it was a place called North Georgia Wrestling, man. And, uh, you know, it was in uh, definitely in Georgia. Right. And yep. we were, uh, you know, he was uh, single. I was a single match. And uh, at, at that time, I had uh, different gimmicks. You know, um, uh, I was trying everything, man. I had, I came out with uh, karate pants, uh, paint on my face, eating raw meat, coming out with a machete, all kind of things, man. And then on, when I was uh, a job in a, uh, basically, uh, WWE, which is WWF back then, is WWE now, uh, WCW. I was, uh, you know, wearing tights and trunks. And Jack already had his gimmick. You know, it was it was New Jack, you know. And so, uh, you know, he'd come out and do his his thing. And i come out and do our thing. So we, we used to hang out, you know, uh, after the shows. 
And, uh, you know, it went from there. You know what I'm saying? It's so interesting, that pairing, because you guys kind of just look perfect together, have that perfect chemistry. Definitely, he, you were like kind of the muscle. He's the, the bad mouth, but obviously both legit tough guys. Did you think when you first met him, like, we're going to make a great team, this is some great chemistry? Well, I thought, I thought that we had a, a shot at uh, making money, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, or that too, yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the bottom line. I thought we had a good shot at making money because – and the last time I had seen where it was our kind of oddball tag team, which, you know, they, they always had them all over the uh, years, you, especially since you've been watching wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, I remember Rip Hawk and Sweet Hansen in the old Mid-Atlantic. And the size difference, they, they wasn't the same size. And I, I thought that, um, you know, if, if, if I can get Jack to – see the light a little bit, which he did, uh, you know, that uh, we can do something with this, you know, because he said the same thing. He said, we're not really the same size. I said, that's why it's going to work. And I was thinking in that in that uh, concept of uh, Sweet Hansen and Rip Hawk back in the day when they used to wrestle, with, uh, uh, you know, in the mid-Atlantic. Yeah, and the funny thing is when people like, oh, New Jack, you know, he's he's crazy, he's tough, he's intimidating – I always thought, like, you were the, the scary one. I wasn't really too scared of him. Yeah, he's got a big mouth and stuff, but it's like oh, uh, his muscle or his backup, his partner, Mustafa, is Jack. I mean, a lot of teams kind of intimidated by you guys at first? Well, uh, you know, not. I wouldn't say uh, all of them were uh, physically uh, afraid of us. You know, uh, uh, some teams were, some teams were, and you know. But I didn't say uh, not all of them, you know. Uh, basically, the ones that knew the business wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be that bad about it. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it got down to um, just drawing money. You know what I'm saying? I, we didn't really want to fool the guys in the dressing room so much, as much. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to get uh, uh, the people to put some uh, put some butts in the seats. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, we went there. But, you know, the thing about it is I came from uh, the place where I grew up at. Uh, you, you couldn't judge by size all the time. You know, you, you uh, especially uh, have been in uh, uh, boxing and wrestling and things like that, and you, you can't judge by size. Because if you did, you know, or, or the looks or stereotype looks and all this kind of thing, just because somebody might look a little goofy looking or whatever the case may be, you get hurt where I was from. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> gotcha. Yep, I gotcha. Yeah. As far as kind of you guys moving along and getting into Smoky Mountain, how does that go down? How do you guys get into Smoky Mountain wrestling? Well, we, what we did was we were doing um, uh, uh, uh independent shot uh, down there in Stone Mountain, Georgia, and uh, Cornette had his had his crew down there, you know what I'm saying? So he had he had uh, – uh, uh, Macho Man Savage was on that on that show on that show. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, uh, the Rock and Roll, you know different few uh, different people, you know that was on there, and, and uh, we happened to get booked on that show. So uh, Cornette uh, seen uh, seen what we seen us, and you know we was uh, uh, rough around the edges, you know what I'm saying. But but when you see uh, uh, you know when you see money. You know, you don't uh, really care too much for that. Let's see what let's see what we can make it work. You know what I'm saying? So me and Cornette uh, and and Jack and I, we got in a uh, dressing room and we talked and, and next thing you know, we're on our way to Smoky Mountain. He is very you know very high on you guys, obviously. 
Where does the name come from? Does he make up the gangsters? You guys make up the gangsters? Well, I'll be honest with you. We, we, uh, uh, Cornette came up with the, the, the gangsters, but he wanted to call it the ERS, you know, the gangsters. Mm-hmm. And Jack the one said, hey, man, let's call it the gangsters. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that's when it was set in stone after that. He easy to collaborate with Cornette, or is it like his way or the highway? Well, no, no, it, it was it was more Cornette give you an idea, and uh, you know what, what what he wants, what he think you might want to say uh, and do because Cornette was always in the controversial uh, subjects. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know he he he's never one of those kind of guys. You know, even look, look what happened to him the last his last run. As far as I ain't gonna say his last run, but you know the one he was in the the old NWA, uh, well this this new NWA power thing that happened to him. You know he said an old joke, and then you know he, he was released after that, or he kind of got himself released, something like that. Right. Yeah. So so some of the things that he was always in the uh, 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 racial controversial kind of things can be caused. Hey, let's keep it real. You know, hey, uh, the news, everybody else, they do that. You know, they're saying that's the only way they can keep their ratings up. So uh, the thing was that part of that was, you know, good quality wrestling, but also you had to have a, a, a show where it was just uh, uh, get people's attention, you know? No doubt about that. And as far as, as like, Cornette, he definitely loves the controversy. He loved you guys. So when he meets you guys and brings you into Smoky Mountain, does he say he's got big plans for you, or he doesn't really go into what his idea and his plans are for you guys quite yet? Well, no, what it was was, you know, uh, hey, we were were a black tag team, and, uh, you know, we we were uh, going to towns where uh, there was very few uh, uh, black people, minorities, if you want to come up that way. Right. And uh, you know, so it was it was an easy fix. All we had to do was just follow through with it, and uh, we we loved it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I definitely uh, now nah, it was it was controversial a lot, and, and uh, maybe Jack and D'Lo had a, a few more problems than I did with it. But I knew that that was coming with the territory because I went to wrestling matches all my life since I was a kid, and I heard it in the crowds. You know, uh, and I said, well. The, we're, it's going to happen to us too if we, uh, when we walk down that aisle, man, and get in that ring, we're going to hear some things that uh, uh, that other people would, uh, you know, might fold under. But you know that we're doing our job if we got them that mad, you know. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Now, with you guys, kind of like you said, maybe going a little. Uh, a little overboard with some of the, the promos and, and things like that. And, and you said, like, you guys are a black tag team going to these white towns that probably don't see too much of you, you know, you guys there. So right. as soon as New Jack starts talking and cutting these crazy promos saying that he's glad O.J. Simpson got rid of two white people and stuff like that, does that, like, kind of yeah. just make, make you like, okay, now, now this is going to be intense. Like, now it's even going to be even elevated even to another level. Well, yeah, you have to. You also had to to uh, look at it this way too. That everybody's opinion uh, are, are different, and, and you know, uh, you know, like most people see uh, racist side from uh, uh, one one way, one side. You know, which is uh, uh, usually uh, for white people that, that that most people, a lot of people around the world think everybody's uh, a racist from that race all the time. Uh, which is uh, definitely not true. But the whole point of it is is that 
you know, they never seen the side where uh, a, a minority group, as, as they call, that didn't like nobody. You know, they, they, sometimes mm-hmm. they they don't get to see that side of it, and that's what we were uh, uh, portraying, like we were like we were like that. You know, and and, and Cornette just loved it because he knew that it would uh, you know uh, make money. You know, and uh, we did too. So we uh, went there. We knew that the purpose of this uh, of this business was uh, to make money. And some other guys get uh, mixed up in all these other things in life, uh, as far as in pro wrestling, and that's fine. You know, uh, I can't uh, knock him for it. But I, I actually uh, learned my craft from uh, uh, Gene Anderson, and also, uh, you know, getting to talk to Ole every now and again. You know, back in the day, uh, it was uh, that's what you had to do. You know what I mean? You had to, you had, you had to uh, uh, make money or uh, get out the business. That's what I, that's how I see. Yeah, for sure. And as far as like you guys and making money and doing controversial stuff, did you get in trouble with the TV stations and stuff? Because like in the documentary shows and, and Cornette said underneath the bottom of the screen, they had to put like a disclaimer or a little note saying that S, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling doesn't necessarily agree with what you guys are saying. So did you guys get in trouble at all? Oh, yeah, we got in a, a, a lot of trouble. We, you know, we, there's a lot of people didn't uh, agree with us, you know, in NAACP, uh in, including uh, from from the clan and everybody else, you know. Uh, that, uh, see, you got to look at it this way. Sponsorships are about making money. They don't need anything controversial that will, will get in the way of that. And they will cut ties with anybody that they feel like that. So Cornette, that's what he did. He put that warning under the bottom. And mm-hmm. the TV ratings were, uh, in some areas, were so high from uh, – from not just just us, but you know Smoky Mountain Wrestling, um, you know uh, it, it. They didn't care as long as they was making money. Now you had other people who cut ties, you know, and I'm guess those people are probably not even around no more because a lot of times you have to just uh, do what draws money. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that just everything uh, like that, but the the unreasonable. It has to be to the point where, okay, let's look in the real world. You know, uh, uh, let's look at the news. They don't, uh, a lot of times, uh, they don't uh, hold back on their information, and it could be pretty bad, horrible a lot of times. So, you know, uh, some of the the TV stations were like, hey, if that's that's the worst thing they're probably uh, doing, then, you know, some of the guys were like, man, just making a lot of money, so they didn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. very true. And I love that kind of attitude because Cornette loves it. You guys love it. And it literally is kind of causing a lot of riots, which is just great TV and just kind of great heel work and master heel work by you guys. You ever get scared? Not really scared, but you ever get like, okay, these riots, like maybe we should – tapered back a little bit or was like okay this is getting nuts with some of these people just going absolutely crazy and wanting to kill us and ruining our cars and this and that well uh, I think uh, uh, I know Jack uh, it didn't bother Jack uh, at all uh, at times I never heard him really talk about that scared him or anything like that never heard him say anything like that and plus you know with me I had been in the military so I had seen way worse in some situations, being in the military, so I, you know, 
that that was uh, another thing uh, for me that uh, that no, it didn't really bother me. I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, when I went out when I went outside and finally heard the story from being in a wrestling school with uh, Gene, and Gene was telling us about how Oli got cut you know, uh, several times, and he almost got cut up, you know, and uh, people trying to tear up their cars and things like that. You know, it was kind of like uh, you was a little envious. <laughs> you know, in a way, you wanted, to, you wanted to feel some of that heat too. And we did. We, 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 whatever you, I'm, I'm telling people like this: whatever you're looking for, you're gonna find it. I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, I just think it's <laughs> funny. Like Cornette probably loves it because when he was in the Midnight Express, I mean, he's used to those riots and people attacking him and stuff. So he's like, all right, now I'm gonna have you know one of my guys uh, in the same predicament years later. Oh yeah, and, and it was de- definitely a different kind of. It was a. a Heat is heat, uh, you know. You get the heat uh, in, in pro wrestling, but you know there there is levels of it, though. You know. Mm-hmm. And, oh yes. And, and at times we went on that level that other people just would have been like, "Hey, I I, I got to leave," you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they taking the first thing, smoking up out of here. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Now, when they add D'Lo to the team, did you like adding him onto the team? Was he well, good I mean, chemistry I, I, with I, you guys? I didn't have no problem. I didn't have no problem with D-Lo. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, now I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and uh, this might not get heard from every uh, from people, but I had in my back of my mind, I had predicted D-Lo would go further uh, in, in the business as far as you know, uh, status wise. Because sometimes you people get the, uh, the misconception that being on WWE you made the most money. You know, a lot of times, and that's not necessarily true. All the time, right. you know, just because mm-hmm. you, 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 your your marquee is WWE or it was WCW at the time, that didn't mean that you're making the most money, you know. But I, I predicted that a dealer would go the, the furthest out of us three uh, because I knew from uh, the way uh, Jackie is, I knew that, that they'd be controversial about trying to get him to move up to uh, other places. And uh, myself, I was uh, such an independent uh, uh, person. You know, I, I didn't. I, I didn't need all those stipulations and and certain things on. On I, I, I needed to keep moving. You know, I needed to wrestle and, and stay free, and I rather uh, did it, uh, did it that way. But D'Lo was uh, definitely uh, a plus. You know, and I'm gonna be honest with you now. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna put this on the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this on the record. Now, I was basically the first one that gave D'Lo his name, though. You know, but but I had called him. Uh, uh, I think I, I was trying to figure out did, did I call him down? Yeah, I call him downtown D'Lo Brown. You know, at, at, at that time, and then uh, uh, Cornette said, "Well, why don't we just call him D'Lo Brown?" So Cornette said he made up the name, but I was the one come up with the D'Lo Brown because I remember we always had people named D'Lo and all that kind of stuff in our in, in different places when you hanging out in the hood somewhere. You know, right, right. Cornette's so trying to take the credit. I gave D'Lo his. I gave D'Lo his uh, his uh, uh, name. Yes, not Cornette. Cornette's trying to take the credit. He just shortened it. That's all. <laughs> right. Right. Now D'Lo kind of makes a good point about why he was added to the group. Basically, you know, he's the young guy. They see potential in him. They they think he's going to be good, but he's young now. So he's got to, quote, unquote, learn how to lose and and learn the ropes and learn the road and learn how to work and you know work with you guys add to the chemistry of the team, but also to take the losses to keep you two strong while 
he just takes a loss to the team. Is that kind of the way it went? Yeah, that, that, that was the way it went, you know, because uh, I was a jobber too. So, I mean, let's put it this way, John. Everybody does the job. If you're right. in the, uh, pro wrestling, everybody does the job. It's just the level of where you at. You see in the pay-per-view, uh, main event, first first match. Uh doesn't matter. You Everybody end up going to do the job. I mean, let's, let, you know, now I'm not comparing levels of jobs, but let, let's look at it this way. The Undertaker did uh, uh, did a job for Brock Lesnar. In WrestleMania, yep, you know, uh, and and it was money, money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the bottom oh, yeah. line is they made a bunch of money, you know. But other people probably would uh, get upset, you know, about. <sighs> I would say it, it, it's some it's some guys still don't know it's a work. Okay, uh, a lot of times when uh, people walk around super tough and. Things like that, but when somebody is uh, doing the job for you, you know, uh, how tough can you be? Now, if you want to get that tough, then get the boxing or going to MMA like uh, Brock Lesnar did. Brock Lesnar went into MMA and, uh, you know, showed that, hey, I can be a world champion, and he did, you know. So, uh, you know, that I, I was kind of amazed at how some guys would be. I didn't say they wasn't tough or nothing. It's just a lot of guys were tough, you know what I'm saying? But it's just that we was in a business where, you know, you you, you do the job for each other. And uh, some some guys still walk around, man, and, and act like it's a shoot, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of situations. And, but, it's, but it's actually a work, and you just, uh, you know, working for the people, man, to satisfy the people and, and, and you know, and, and, and get as, as much money as you possibly can get. You know, and that was in my book, you know, entertain people and, and make money. You know what I mean? Makes perfect sense to me. And I was just talking to a Dr. Tom about the Heavenly Bodies versus the Gangsters, and he said he loved working with you guys. You guys were great workers. You had great timing. You guys knew what you were doing. You were solid. So I said, oh, do you mean stiff or snug? He said, no, solid, meaning that it looks great and it doesn't hurt. But you know that the guy is hit. You know, you know that the guy is there. Did you like working with the Heavenly Bodies? Oh man, I enjoyed it, man. You know, uh, uh, you know the the, the thing that uh, was uh, different with me about the whole situation was, you know, uh, as as I as I went along in the his business, you know, Smoky Mountain was the the greatest at learning from different people, from Bullet Bob Tracy, the Heavenly Bodies. Uh, Rock and roll, you know, dirty white boy, you know these these people, guys, these guys. If if you can't learn from them, I don't know what to say. I don't think you're meant to be in the business, you know. And uh, man, they 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 uh, went uh, head over heels, man, helping us uh, get to where we got to. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't um, uh, ever uh, take care of the people you with. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're supposed to do in this business. You're supposed to take care of the people uh, that you that you work because, you know, you, you have a chance to run some serious angles, you know, uh, and and you you can't go around where the guy too hurt to work the next the next uh, shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. 
and he mentioned that you guys were a lot of main events when you guys had your kind of your program together. I guess it was a few months program, but you guys were usually in the main events. A lot of uh, things where, where it's like one of those things where I don't know if a lot of people could follow the gangsters. Is that kind of the thing? The crowd was just going to be nuts for your match and nobody could follow you? Well, the, if, if if you want to uh, uh, say it like that, uh, yeah, there, there's times where I didn't want to follow matches, you know, in my career. Right, you know, right. Uh, at different aspects of my time because it was like, man, I'm going to top that, you know. But, uh, you know, what you had to do is always remember that it, the, the psychology uh, to it, you know. The, the, the psychology is uh, one of the, the, the biggest things in, in, in pro wrestling. And sometimes, uh, you know, and, and, but see, we got to say this, we got to put it this way. When you hide at that particular time, uh, the, the, the smartest thing for a promoter to do is put you in the main event, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you're hot and people want to see you get killed, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I mean, we, we had some real heat uh, in a lot of places uh, in Smoky Mountain. So, uh, the, you know, it was, a, it was a, uh, appropriate to be uh, in the main event. Now, one thing that I, I, I will uh, say is I would never say I was a, like a great worker. I just understood uh, the concept of, of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's like you you have technical wrestling. Put it this way: y'all always gonna have somebody that other people like more. That's what that, that's what people don't understand. That's what a lot of guys even working didn't understand that it's always gonna be other people that uh, technically work. That like Dean Malenko, I wouldn't dare try to uh, wrestle any way like Dean Malenko, uh, 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 the way. Uh, 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 Eddie Guerrero and those guys was working that way. You had to you, you had to find a style for yourself. That's why I tell the guys, certain people that I train now. I said you you do a style that you do. Don't if you do copy something, make sure you just you might take a little smidgen of something, but you do it another way. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you're gonna stick to it, if you're gonna be a shooter kind of wrestler, do that. If you're gonna be a guy that does all these this, this flying stuff, make sure it has some psychology to it. Where you don't have to wait, have to kill yourself every night, you know. So that's basically what I was telling him. guys. Right. And it was, and it was the same thing in this business, you know. Um, me and Jack, uh, we knew what we could do and what we could not do, and, and uh, that's what we did. We we stuck to our guns, and uh, that's why that's how we became uh, successful, and that's how he became successful. What he did, you know, what I'm saying. Hey, you guys are good workers, but not necessarily technicians, good brawlers, but knew exactly what you were doing and knew how to, you know, elicit emotions, elicit great reaction from the crowd, but also could work with guys like Heavenly Bodies and Rock and Roll Express and have great matches. Well, yeah, you know, when you were in the ring with those guys, oh, man, you know, uh, all you had to do is just uh, uh, listen, you know, and, 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 and you still had to know your – you still had to hold your own, but don't get me wrong uh, – you know, but when you're working with guys like that, they just made the made it so much easier. And and, and it's too bad now that uh, a lot of places don't have uh, those kind of guys around. But sometimes they do, and some guys, some of the younger guys, just don't want to listen. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, that's up to them. And, and and more more power to them. I hope they make it. But uh, if you don't listen to uh, 
I wouldn't have never made it if I wouldn't have never listened to some of those guys that was in the ring with, uh, out of the ring with, you know, taking the time out to speak to me, uh, Stone Cold, uh, Stone Cold and these guys. would have never made it if I, I wouldn't have never listened to some of them. Yeah, it's a shame uh, some of the guys today, uh, you know, really uh, won't listen. But as far as working with Rock and Roll Express, you guys do win the tag titles from the Rock and Roll Express. Is that a big point in your career? Because, you know, you're working with one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Not only that, you're beating them, you're becoming tag champs in pretty much a big territory. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the, the the big part was was that, I remember was when I was going to see the the the, sh- the shows uh, back in the day with my dad. We have a whole uh, all the men would basically on my uh, uh, you know would want to go see uh, a show at, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then you know R- Ric Flair and those guys. But I seen the Rock and Roll and I seen uh, Terry Funk, and I remember one day uh, all those guys was they was on a, a a shot one day. We went to go see the shows. Uh, that night, and I was on our way back. I said, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to wrestle those guys, and I'm going to beat those guys. And you should have seen the laugh that came out of that car. Man, it, <laughs> it, sounded, like, it sounded like I was Richard Pryor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, telling some jokes. Yeah, they got a big kick out of that. And, uh, and I remember that day, uh, I was about 17 when I said that, maybe 16, 17. And I said, yeah, one of these days, man, when I get a chance to wrestle, I'm going to beat those guys. And at that time, I was a basketball player, so that's what made it really funny then, you know. So I wasn't even uh, uh, doing any kind of wrestling or anything. But, uh, you know, um, when it, when we finally got in the ring and, and I stepped in the ring and I looked at, I looked at uh, everybody, but I looked at the rock and roll, that's when it hit me. He was like, man, this is it. We here. So let's do it. Let's do it. You know. That is great. It doesn't mean a lot, especially because you're a fan and you've seen them and, and you said that in your past. Did it mean a lot to be tag champs? Oh, man. It, 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 it was, uh, uh, you know, besides, come on, let's keep it real. Besides the money, you know, that yeah. we made, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of, of course, it was, it was, it was one of the big things. But, you know, the, 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 big, the, the biggest reaction uh, to me was, the boobs, you know. Now, some some guys uh, didn't understand that part of it, you know, where you go down the aisle and you get in the ring, and then the announcer's looking at you, and you, the, you know, then he says, uh, uh, you know, uh, the world champions, the the gangsters, and then you know, got D'Lo Brown over there, and and I'm looking and seeing the boobs. I'm going to tell you with me personally, now this is for me, I loved it because I remember the same hearing that going to the shows back in before I was a big mark, you know, before even uh, making it in the business. You know, I used to hear those boos. I used to hear the people cheer, you know, uh, the the screams, uh, hollering and going on. And then I heard the times where they would boo, and that's the part I remember the most. Uh, boo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When they say your name, and I just love, I soaked it in, and uh, I remember, I remember it. Uh, you know, um, especially it, it, there was a chance uh, that time my grandfather took me to see Johnny Valentine versus uh, Wahoo McDaniel, and I think it was a shot in uh, Shelby, North Carolina, too. 
Yeah, it was. It was, it was a shot in the ship in North Carolina, and they did a main event over there. Uh, whether the people can quote me or not, I remember for sure that they did a, a main event. And, man, that that gym was so loud. And uh, when you were in the ring with Rock and Roll Express, you could barely hear a lot of times uh, in the ring. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the uh, the people that were behind them, but also that the 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 the, the people uh, liked us too. But you know, it was more of the rock and roll, and it didn't matter. All it was was that, that was that same feeling, man, that I got when I was a mark. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I love that. And you kind of are such a good old school fan with Wahoo, with Johnny Valentine and from your father and your grandfather, but it's great that Rock and Roll Express are kind of that like in between where they're old school, but they could still wrestle new school style and hell. I mean, they're still wrestling today in in 2020. They're still wrestling. So, I mean, they're like the bridge to almost every generation pretty much. Well, they they, they taught us, they they, they taught you uh, one day, you know, like how, how long do you, plan on working and he said well if you follow what we do you can work as, as long as you as long as you live it just about you know what I mean you know uh, and shoot I was like hey I'm here to learn man so let, let's do it you know because you know that that, that was, that was it, it was hitting that time where you know uh, uh, people wasn't helping as much because of the territories were breaking down there wasn't as many uh, territory, you know, like it used to be. So, right. uh, you know, the, the 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 older guys wasn't helping the younger guys as much, you know, because they had to hold on their own, you know, at that time. And uh, I, I I would also say that um, that you just had to do your homework, you know, you just had to to watch and observe and and and, and, and practice uh, your craft. You know, and, and and look and look at other people's matches, and look at things that uh, that you, you quite didn't want to copy what they were doing, but you wanted to to, to get down the point of how to uh, get the fans involved. You know, and you didn't want to just see these. Some, sometimes these guys want to do these matches that that entertains them, not the people. You know, and and that that's I didn't want to be one of them. Eventually, you know, you guys do lose the titles back to the Rock and Roll Express, and a little bit down the road, you guys end up leaving Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Why did you leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling? I mean, obviously, well, you ended up in ECW, I mean, but what was the reason behind it? Well, the the reason why was, you know, the run was over. You know, it was just about done. You know, what could we do, run another loop? Uh, you know, they, they know we're coming now, you know. Um it, it, Jack had what Jack had did was Jack had uh, made a call. I didn't even know what ECW was. I didn't. Even, I never even heard of it because you know you got you, you know as as well as I do. There was no internet and uh, like that going running around letting you know what's going on, what's new happening today. You had to find out uh, TV, radio, some kind of way you had to find out. And uh, Jack said, "Hey, man." We can go up to ECW with uh, Paul Hayden, you know, and uh, you know the, the people remember as Paulie dangerously, and now they know he's Paul Heyman up there with uh, WWE Brock Lesnar and those guys. And um, 
and he he said, man, we, we're going to ECW. Huh? <laughs> so next thing you know, we 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 fly up to ECW and uh, and uh, you know the, the the area it was the East Coast. And what was what was cool about that was I told I told myself a long time ago too, which I got another laugh again when I was a youngster. I told him I said, yeah. I'm gonna be one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be wrestling in New York. I'm being Philadelphia, all over the place, uh, making a name for myself, you know. And uh, of course, it got a big laugh again. And next thing you know, it we end up in ECW, and that's what that uh, that's what the that area was: New York, Philly, you know, different places. Oh yeah, yep. That's that the way. big. The big northeast market for Philadelphia for ECW is definitely Philadelphia, and obviously New York was kind of their second biggest market. But did you right. think when you went there, like, wow, we fit this organization like a glove? Uh, you know, uh, I didn't know what to think at first. All I know is I was going to do my job, man. You know, and, and, and uh, make that money, man. You know what I'm saying at first, and then when we got there, man, we couldn't believe. Uh, uh, the atmosphere, you know, the atmosphere is way different in the dressing rooms. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> whatever it was, it was going down. I'm gonna tell you that. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a big old party uh, to me. Now maybe other people didn't get that. I did. Uh, it, it was a big party. You, you, it was a shortage of nothing in the dressing room, from being hurt to thinking you were hurt. <laughs> Whatever it was, you know, they had it, you know. Is it like a little bit of a culture shock? Like, wow, this is the craziest locker room I've ever been in. No, I'm, I'm going to tell you, not really because of the fact is that, uh, like I said before, being in my background, uh, military background, and um, the growing up with, on my now on my dad's side, uh, you know, uh, my dad was big old, uh, you know, school teacher. You know, he went to the military, too. But, uh, you know, uh, we had some real good cookouts before. You mm. know, and that's what it reminded me of, a big old cookout. You know, the uh, on my dad's side, you know, the, it, it was liquor, uh, everything. Big old party, having a good time, good food, uh, good drinks, good music, you know. And uh, ECW uh, uh, gave me a taste of that when I was there. You know, big, big, big cookout, big party, you know. The atmosphere in ECW, definitely different than Smoky Mountain, definitely wackier, more wild, more quote-unquote hardcore or extreme, obviously. But is the atmosphere there as far as going out in front of the crowd and that energy, was that completely different just as far as, as the, the vibe from the crowd? Oh, yeah, you gotta you got to remember that. Uh, the crowd uh, in, in ECW, the, the the range was from 18 to 30, 35. Okay, Smoky Mountain. We there were times where you know, uh, you know, you you go to towns and shoot, you you, you would see too many young people. You know, uh, uh, not a whole lot of young people. You know, ECW. I don't think uh, anybody. Uh, and from uh, from you know the first three three hundred people that was there, you know I I think that most of them was under thirty, you know, and then you had then you had just older people that was there that uh, you know that was buck wild, 
you know, but uh, it, it was a young crowd, and, and uh, a, a young crowd. And plus, uh, Paul Heyman, you know, he, he uh, Paul, Paulie, man, was, uh, uh, man, he's a genius, man, to me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just like Cornette, you know, uh, meeting, these, meeting these different people, uh, about uh, learning about the business and everything, Cornette, uh, Paul Heyman. Uh, these these were geniuses to me. I mean, they knew they. You talking about knowing the business, you know? Uh, they 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 took it there, and you know. And then plus another thing too is they didn't hold you back, you know, on on things. You know, uh, that was unreasonable. You know, they didn't hold you back. You know, if you wanted to go there, go and say, hey man, I feel like we can uh, 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 do a table. And uh, jump off this cage on, on uh, a table, laying on the table in the ring. Uh, he said, "Okay, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and uh, the, the 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 thing about it was too is that, you know, even when we were uh, doing that, we were taking care of each other. It didn't look like it, you know. But it was a lot of times. Uh, uh, it's always going to be where you, you make some slip ups. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, they weren't they weren't uh, always done on purpose or nothing. It depends on who you were working. You know, uh, some guys had beef with each other a little bit, and they get in there and do a little too much. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, uh, it, it, it we we took, we took care of each other. ECW known as being crazy and wild, and was there possibly a crazier team than the public enemy, which is kind of like your first like main feud when you get in there? Were you familiar with them? Did you know them at all? And, and did you enjoy working with public enemy? Never heard of them at first. Never heard of them at, at all though. You know what I'm saying? But uh, when we got up there and I did, I did uh, like a cram test, just about it. If you want to call it that learning, learning all the different people up there, you know, from Sandman, uh, uh, I knew Tuco already. Tuco Scorpio right. was already. Yep. You know, but uh, uh, you know the, the, some of the other guys. Tommy Dreamer. I uh, did a crash course uh, with um, with all of them. You know, Pitbulls, everybody. I could. I think of Taz, all those guys. Uh, Van Dam. Uh, you know, just, just uh, uh, Sabu and these guys. I did a cram because some of them I did. I knew about the Van Dam just because we got to work him, but. You know some of these other guys. I was like, man, who is who are some of these guys? And then come to find out, you know, fans are healthy. You know, they give you information about uh, who's who and, and everything. And then so when we got to when we got against Public Enemy, you know, uh, when we got in the ring with Public Enemy, man, it was like uh, we've been uh, working each other for 15 years. It was just it was easy too. It was uh, uh, no problem. Uh, grunge and, 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 and Teddy, you know them guys. Good people, man. It's good people. I feel like you guys immediately kind of just worked with ECW. You kind of fit them like a glove, like I said before. But Public Enemy, kind of the feud. You mentioned the Pitbulls and the Eliminators, too. It's like, wow, like, dude, you guys got a pretty damn good little tag team division going on right now. Well, yeah, and, and, and I think that, that we, were, uh, we were – actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we were the last – uh, group to really have uh, tag teams uh, like that, you know, because if if you look at it at that time, uh, WWE wasn't really uh, in the, uh, the, the tag 
as much as they used to be. You know, right. uh, uh, yep. the, you know going against the Dudleys, uh, Devon, uh, it was 3D and Eliminators and, and people like that. We always had uh, tag teams to go against, and uh, that was good. You know, uh, that's what that, that's why I was saying that uh, Paul Lee was a, one of those guys. He he had the uh, singles and tag team. You know, he had all kind of different kind of gimmick matches, uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. We was doing all that, and then uh, you know we went over the top with uh, uh, with uh, uh, the the sex thing too. You know, yep. it was over oh, the top. Yeah. You know, you, could, you know, it definitely uh, couldn't have put that on uh, some TV station. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> definitely not. So yep. uh, yeah, he he went there. You know, he pushed it. He he, he pushed it, man. He, he pushed it as far as it could go, you know, without, uh, uh, you know, it being banned, you know what I'm saying? So, Paul Lee was definitely uh, a way ahead of his game. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things, too. It was short-lived, too, that uh, I knew that down the road it would be time to giddy up from there, too. So, I started making my phone call way before uh, it was my time to leave. But I started making a few phone calls myself, you know. Saying, "Hey, man, y'all got a spot open for me? Just to get when this is, is done, and got the shooter, man. Just let us know." So, and you guys have a lot of crazy memories in WC and uh, ECW. Excuse me, very memorable. And I feel like mass transit, which is talked about at Dark Side of the Ring, but I feel like that's one of the incidents or one of the most controversial moments of the gangsters. And it is funny when you look at the match, it's Devon and mass transit against you and new Jack and Devon immediately is like out of the ring with you. And it's just like new Jack one-on-one with mass transit. Is that kind of like how it was supposed to go down? It's basically like new Jack's like, all right guys, get out of here. I want this kid all to myself. Yeah. Well, it went down at the first one was in the dressing room. And, uh, you know, it, it got to the point where, um, it got to the point where, um, you know, he looked and he said, what is that dude doing in the dressing room? You know, mass uh, mass transit at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him, too, and I said, is he old enough to be even uh, working right now, you know, like that? You know, because it, it, it wasn't like he uh, had uh, his daddy was uh, in the business before him or anything like that. So I was just looking at it. And then next thing you know, here come uh, Paulie coming over to so us and "Oh yeah, you're gonna work to you're gonna work uh, him and uh, Devon because Axel couldn't make it." So uh, 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 you know, so uh, he, he he couldn't make it, and I was like, "Damn, man, uh, I didn't like it from the get go." You know what I'm saying? And, but I said, "Well, you know, this is this is what's going down, so it's going down, man." And I looked at the kid and I said, "Wow, this is gonna be ugly." Because <laughs> I knew when the New Jack get get a hold of him, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly, and it and it, and it went there, it went there. So Not definitely one of yeah, definitely one of those things where it's like, all right, New Jack's gonna do what he's gonna do, and it's gonna be kind of a little gross or a little crazy. And then you you know you'll find out he's 17 or whatever he is, and he basically has no experience except he wrestled a bunch of midget wrestlers. I mean, he's not he wasn't a really trained wrestler. Right, you know, we had we had we had the uh, uh, little folks was in there too, you know, what I'm saying. So when uh, yep. we seen them, uh, I was like, well, who, what, what, what's, what's getting ready to go down? And next thing you know, it, uh, I was talking to them a, a little bit, and next thing uh, uh, they said, well, that's who we working is mass transit. So 
that's transit in Devon. And so, you know, with Devon, you know, he's already a regular anyway. And, um, you know, so we, we uh, get in the ring, man. Next thing you know it, uh, a few minutes later, blood all over the ring. You know, it's all over the place. And I'm looking, I'm like, looking at me, I said, man, got gushing blood, man. So I still picked him up and slammed him, you know, uh, get ready for the, the go home. And Jack comes out to the top rope with the, with the chair, bam, one, two, three. We out of there. And that's when, after that, all hell breaks loose after that. Oh, yeah, his father yeah. gets involved and everything else. Yeah, that was crazy, yeah. crazy moment, right? Yeah, his father gets involved, you know, uh, uh, blood everywhere. Uh, shoot, I mean, you know, the blood everywhere, man. And his puddles just about. So. And, uh, you know, that a, a, after that, you know, once I found out that, you know, he, he had died, you know, and I said, damn, it was a, it, it, it come to find out that it was something else. You know, it was, uh, you know how the, the people try uh, losing weight, and he, he got one of those. Oh, yeah, uh, gastric uh, bypass. Yep. Gastric, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how you end up dying, you know. Yeah, yep. Very sad, for sure. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was, it, it was. I can't even point fingers at it, but me personally, I wouldn't let him get in the ring. Yeah, that's kind of on Paul E. a little bit for letting him even get in the ring to wrestle. I mean, think about all the guys. Think about all the people that, uh, you know, because like I said, I'm not pointing fingers. But think about all the people you have interviewed and all the wrestling you have seen in your in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mass transit, come on. <laughs> I agree, yes. doesn't quite fit, yep. Right. Yeah, so, you know, it is what it is. Totally, uh, totally agree. Later on, or, or around this time period, you guys end up winning the ECW Tag Team titles. It's a four-way with the Bruise Brothers, the Samoan Gangster Party, and the Eliminators. But what was it like being the ECW World Tag Team Champions? You guys win the gold. Well, I'm going to tell you, man, uh, uh, having having the championship in Smoky Mountain and then having a tag uh, belts up in, in ECW, uh, it was too big. It was too big, different experience. You know, uh, it, it, it was like everywhere the uh, places that you would go uh, up north like that, um, you would man the, the the people acknowledged it. You know, saying Smoky Mountain, you can go to some places and uh, <laughs> you know you get those looks and everything, but that was about it. You know, you get those looks and you, you see some people who's oh you're a wrestler, you know things like that, but you had. You had way more. Uh, uh, you had thousands and thousands of more people, uh, you know, enjoying your success. You know, uh, they were the world champions, and woo, woo, woo. you know, uh, it was definitely different. Definitely different of being in ECW. I thought I, I enjoyed it more. Uh, you know, as, as far as money-wise, and uh, also, you know, being acknowledged as, uh, you know, champion. Money and prestige being ECW tag champs. Yeah, you know, you know, now you're finally not, not, uh, you know, you're finally getting to the point where, okay, this is what it's all about. You know, uh, it's not that, uh, that I needed that, you know, like that, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I got in for, for if I could get 
it was for me, and, and I'm saying it like this, was the kid. You know, like the, uh, when when kids would come up to you and say, "Hey, what's up?" You know, uh, uh, anybody like that. That's when you know, and then uh, you know, that's when deep down inside, it's kind of hard to it kind of choked up a little bit about it. You know, uh, not the point from where it's about bearing me tears, but a little choked up about it because uh, I always believed in when you have kids come up to you and 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 and, and like you. It, it it gave them something down in their heart to be somebody, you know, because it helped me, you know, watching wrestling uh, at that early age and getting to meet some of the wrestlers uh, when I was smaller, uh, you know, and it, it did something to, you know, it, it made me want to be somebody, you know, and uh, that that's what I got out of uh, uh, out of it when I was at ECW. Not that I didn't get out of it Smoky Mountain or any other of the places, but that I had been, but ECW was a little bit special, a lot more special. You know, it, it was uh, something that words can't even really describe, to be honest. You know? Definitely a different experience. Like you said, definitely a special experience. You guys getting a lot more kind of exposure, a lot more name recognition. Like you said, a lot of more people know who you guys are, right? Because ECW, they were really kind of hot at that point. Yeah, and, and, and the, the I think I think for me was you know um, you know I always kept my feet to the ground because you know all good things uh, come to an end you just move you just move on to another level of your life but uh, I just got to accomplish the goals that I had out for myself you know uh, being uh, uh, being a pro wrestler then you know. Uh, uh, being a, a, a champion, tag champs, and and then being in the areas where I, cause when I was a, a, a youngster, well, my dad, uh, we had relatives in New York and Philadelphia. And, you know, at that time, you know, so when we used to go up there, we used to see WWF. And uh, uh, at that time, my cousins, uh, you know, we compared – we would say, who's, who's the best? You know, they call it Native American now, but at that time we were saying Indians and, and things like that. Said Wahoo McDaniels is the best. And they was comparing it with Jay, Jay Strongbow. I said, man, Wahoo McDaniels runs circles around Jay Strongbow. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, you, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen until you see uh, Wahoo McDaniels. You haven't seen nobody until you see uh, Wahoo McDaniels. And so uh, – now, he's just one of my favorites, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, coming up, and it, I finally got to go up to WWF, and it was Bruno Sammartino when I seen him. And, I, you know, when I seen uh, uh, Bruno, uh, you know, I had a reaction of, when I lose this guy. I mean, I love the way he wrestled. You know, uh, uh, he wasn't he wasn't big technical wrestler, not like that. He kick and stomp and and uh, uh, do what he had to do to win. You know, and I was like, I like to wrestle. I like that style of wrestling too. You know, so I enjoyed I enjoyed it at the time when it was WWW. You know, and and uh, you know the uh, superstar Billy Graham, and, 
uh, you know, the different guys that I, I got to see, uh, Ernie Ladd and, and you know, uh, even uh, Ivan Koloff. So, but we Ivan Koloff was more down our way uh, by that time. You know, I'm, I'm, don't don't get me wrong. I know those guys are going all over the world, but uh, you know, he's more down the Mid Atlantic area. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, than he was uh, up that way. And so we got to compare it. I, I got to see both sides. See the the Mid Atlantic wrestling and uh, the old NWA. They were more into the wrestling side of. It. Don't get me wrong. They, was, they you had to draw money to, to speak on the microphone. That was big time. But then I got to see WWWF. It was more of the entertainment because the quality of some of the wrestlers wasn't as good as it was down at, at, at Mid Atlantic. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think uh, Vince wasn't into the details as as uh, the Crockett's was and uh, Oli, and you know Oli was uh, definitely in the, the technical side of you know um, of making sure that not only are we gonna uh, uh, go to these places and make this money, but we're also going. You're gonna see some wrestling. You're gonna see some uh, uh, technical side of wrestling, and you're gonna see the details of everything from running the ropes, the buckles, and everything. And WWWF wasn't quite like that with with everything. You know, with their job guys, their job guys. They didn't. They, I'm gonna tell you, they didn't give two shits about uh, how some of their job guys look. You know? Right. Yep. You know, but when you come down when you come down to Mid Atlantic, you know, some of them job guys, man, it was like, hey, but they're not gonna win. <laughs> you know, when once they yes. bring Flair uh, uh Wahoo out there, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it it, it was different. Uh especially the trial. I remember uh, going back now, I'm getting off the subject a little bit. But uh, you know, going over the trial, uh and I went up to O N W A and I'm talking about they will beat you they they'll whoop your ass, you know. Let's keep it real. You know, we were doing a thousand squat, you know, uh, five hundred push ups, running. You know, I remember, man, I was in there with uh, Ken Shamrock. Uh, my my second go around. The first time I didn't make it. I was still in the military, and I wouldn't try it out anyway. Yeah, I didn't make it the first time. But my my second time around, it was about six months later, and Gene said, "Hey, just come back when you have another trial, man." I said, "All right, I'll be back." And I, I took a leave from the military for about a week and went in there and tried out. And then I made it. Then it was like, hey, it's time to exit the military and pursue this career. And that's what happened after that, you know. And so uh, watching watching pro wrestling uh, the way it is now, and I have no uh, problem with it, uh, but maybe the, the, the key to it now is some of the people really don't watch it like they used to, you know, uh, 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 in in some cases. But you can still do you can still do the old school, you know. You can still do the old school wrestling, and you you can still get away with it. Some people think you can't, but you know, if you if if you know how to really work and grab a hold and work a hold and. Uh, Get the people involved in it, and, and there's there's ways to do it. It still works. Absolutely. Now you mentioned a tryout. What year was the was the tryout, and where was it? Okay, my tryout was uh, it it was eighty. It was, it was around eighty eight. You know, the year eighty eight, and and I was in up above is a place called Monroe, North Carolina. 
and uh, you know, Gene uh, Nelson Royal, those guys had a, a, a ring in a barn, and I'm I'm not lying. It was a ring in a barn, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's where the that's where the trial that's where the trial was. Huh? And you know, and then you had to uh, go against some guys that that they were uh, they wasn't uh, they were jobbers, but you got to remember a lot of those jobbers were uh, Division One wrestlers. And, Division two wrestlers in, in uh, you know different backgrounds and and we, you know you had to go about six or seven guys and those guys uh, beat you up man you know uh, and because you because you, you I mean you exhausted but you want to but if you want it bad enough you're gonna find a way you know and I did you know I wanted it bad enough so I said okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat this mad a lot but, uh, in a, in a, in a few minutes but it's all good with me because I'm gonna make it. And, uh, you know, Gene, that's when Gene told me, after that, we had that trial on a, a Saturday. And uh, Gene told me, he said, all right, kid, come back on Tuesday night and we'll start up. And that was it after that. And then basically you, quote, unquote, passed the tryout. And then they put you on TV? Or what do like, they do kind of after that? Oh, no. I, we, we, shoot, I had to, man, I wrestled uh, up there. I went up to that barn for for a whole year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went up to that barn for a whole year. And then after that, I didn't, uh, uh, all I did was uh, ride around and help them uh, put up rings and stuff. You know, and, and, and what we call now the independent uh, shows, we call back in, in North Carolina now, this is North Carolina, we call them outlaw shows. So I would go do me an outlaw show, you know, on the <laughs> right. side somewhere to learn yeah. how to wrestle. Yep. And it was outlawed because, you know, uh, you don't want to get caught, uh, uh, you know, other wrestlers finding out because they might want to fight you, all this old crazy, whatever, whatever they were talking about back then. So, um, you know, we would do those shows, and then I would come back and, uh, uh, you know, uh, put up the rings again, go back up to the to the barn and learn how to work some uh, uh, more and more. And uh, I don't um, – I don't regret any of it because uh, all those repetitions and uh, headlock takeovers and tackles and, and all those things that we learned, man, uh, uh, man, I'm so glad we learned it, you know. I love the fact that if you really kind of look back at your career and, and look when they actually do put you on TV and, and you are doing a quote-unquote job match and stuff, the names that you wrestled, right? I mean, some huge, huge great names and wrestlers, Doom and British Bulldog and Cassidy yeah. Jack and Regal. I mean, did you enjoy that time wrestling those guys? I mean, that's a, a, you know, a huge uh, advantage getting to wrestle some of those great guys. Well, I mean, uh, part of me uh, didn't enjoy it and part of me didn't. Uh, didn't. The part I, I didn't enjoy was I, I couldn't believe I thought I was in better condition. Wow, okay. And at that time, we, we, we didn't have, at that time, uh, you, you didn't have a whole lot of guys helping you get into shape. So you just had to go by what you learned from what you see. Now, like, like these days, there is no excuse for some of these kids not to be in uh, good shape as far as wrestling. They got so many things on YouTube now. You know, if I, I, I was just thinking, if I would have had a YouTube, I definitely would have been in a lot better shape. I think that's the only thing that uh, – uh, that was a little rough, you know, for me, you know, because those guys uh, knew how to, uh, to sell 
They knew how to relax in the ring. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And I, I didn't. I was green, so I didn't. Man, I was like tired. You know. But I, but but like I said, I'm glad I, I did it because man, uh, uh, yeah, there was no problem. But no, I I I think that the whole point that was missed was okay, you jobbing. But you got to remember, we were getting paid too, you know. And <laughs> I didn't have no problem with it, you know. What I'm saying? Right. I was getting paid yep. Pretty good, man. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, you know, the, working with um, Kurt Hennig and uh, working with uh, 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 Jake Snake Roberts. You know, like you said, you call out these other names, Doom and all these other guys, uh, Butch Reed and. Those guys, I remember one time uh, right at the end of, the, of one of our matches was going against Doom. Uh, man, he threw, uh, they threw me over the top rope. And, you know, uh, Rich is uh, a pure professional, man, you know what I'm saying, a true professional. And he threw me over the top rope, didn't sling me over or nothing, man. I fell over all looking, all funny looking. Man, he got back in the dressing room. He told me, he said, kid, you're going to have to learn how to go over that top rope. You're going to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you know, it, it, it was a uh, uh, the experience for me. I'm glad that I went the route I did. I know New Jack didn't, uh, you know, Jack didn't have to go that route, you know. What right. I'm but but I, but I did, and I'm glad I did because it made me appreciate the business way more. Not to say he didn't appreciate the business, and I'm not putting nobody else that say they didn't appreciate, but it made me appreciate the business better because I got to learn from the best of the best. And uh, they uh, uh, wasn't hard on me, you know. Uh, they told me, "Hey, man, you gotta you gotta learn, man. You gotta learn if you want to eat, you know." So that's what I did. Great learning experience. Just to go back to ECW for a minute, I wanted to talk about the Deadly Boys, who kind of like briefly mentioned, but I want to talk about this because you guys, um, you know, you win the tag titles the Eliminators win them, then the Dudley Boys beat the Eliminators, and so on and so forth as they kind of go back and forth. But the Gangsters then, you guys, beat the Dudley Boys for the tag titles. What was it like working with them? Because you always hear that they're maybe a little uh, stiff or a little snug or something like that, but I always hear positive things about Devon, but maybe not so much positive things about Bubba. Is that kind of accurate, or is that a little off? Well, uh, with me personally, I didn't have no, uh, no problem with Bubba. You know, we 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 knew that. You know, you you, you know how it goes, man. You're a little mm-hmm. stiff. I'm gonna be stiff, right? You know, uh, but I'm still gonna take care of you. Now, if you just out right trying to hurt me, then we got we got now something's gotta happen. You know, something's going down. But you know, uh, it, it it was uh, more of of I didn't, I didn't have a problem with uh, uh, Big Bubba. You know, I didn't have I didn't, I didn't have a problem with him. I thought that. Uh, he 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 was uh, uh, snug at times, but I was snug too. You know, mm-hmm. we in ECW, and, and you right in front of the crowd, so you got to be a little more snug on a lot of things. You can't just uh, uh, just be too light. You know what I'm saying? So um, it, it it was uh, no, I didn't have a problem with him. I know so I hear some stories about him though. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some crazy stories. As far as you guys being a tag champ, but then you have to forfeit, quote-unquote, forfeit the titles because you leave the promotion. Why did you end up leaving the promotion at that point? Well, at that time, uh, the, the promotion was, 
um, you know, uh, you know, uh, put it out there. I thought I thought uh, I could make more money somewhere else. And uh, you know, we, me and Jack did make make that agreement a long time ago. You know, because yeah, Jack was he could hold his own shit. You know, he he was definitely uh, his own man. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it, it it was it it was time because I felt like that a a, a really uh, if I would have got an offer from uh, WWE, uh, would I have turned it down? No, I wouldn't. Have. Turn it down. Did I pursue it as hard as I should have? No. You know, uh, because at that time, you know, uh, I, I felt like that uh, I could. Uh, I wasn't. In, I was in it for the money. You know, what I'm saying I, I was in mm-hmm. it for not just to be on a. You know, there's plenty of guys that's been on that. That's on there that you know they didn't make no money. You know, uh, being on the WWE. You know, and and. and that that wasn't that wasn't me. I was one out there, man. I want my money. You know what I'm saying? And I want to get as much as I can get, and then I don't want to have to uh, give up my rights as, with my name or any crazy thing like like some of these guys. Some of these guys can't even wrestle under their name. They 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 got right. Yep. You know after they leave, um, you know. I mean, it's some it's some cold business. I mean, you you can uh, for some reason uh, for some reason. Uh, some people, some of the guys in the business limit themselves, and they don't feel like they can make it two hundred thousand dollars, uh, three hundred thousand dollars. They think it, it's got to be just totally in wrestling. You know, uh, that's what they that's what they feel like. And I want to tell the guys out here: uh, yes, you can make that kind of money in pro wrestling, and more. You know, way more. But uh, you can also make money somewhere else. I mean, when you put your mind to it, you look, I mean, it, it, we got examples. Uh, different rel- Hogan was in the movies. Uh, shoot, we got wrestlers way before that was in the movies. You know that, that if I say their names, a lot of these uh, young uh, younger people won't, won't understand. But uh, you know, um, we we do have a point where you can move on. Uh, the Rock is a good example. You know. Dwayne Johnson is a good example of, of moving on. And then you have uh, also um, John Cena and these guys. You know, it, it, I just felt like that you you can make more money doing something else too. But, I, you know, I just wanted to, to see how it felt, man, going down to Puerto Rico. And that's where I went to right after uh, ECW. I went to Puerto Rico to wrestle, with, uh, wrestle uh, for uh, Carlos Colon. Now, was there any heat? Because, you know, you're the tag champ at this point when you leave. Any heat with, like, Heyman and ECW about leaving at that particular time? Yeah, no, well, not really. I think I think, I think, think what happened was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jack wanted to uh, uh, go and, you know, do the singles and see how far he could go, which, which he did, you know. And uh, that was at that point where, uh, they thought we had heat, but I had more of a uh, problem with the company. Uh, I, thought, I thought the pay was a little funny, you know, uh, at times. And so I, it, it was like, hey, these other places are ready to uh, give me some money, uh, more money. So uh, I took off and, and went to Puerto Rico. It was just, uh, it was just a financial thing. As far as? Puerto Rico. Did you enjoy your time working down there? I mean, obviously you said yeah. the money was pretty good, but did you enjoy actually working down there? 
Man, I love it, man. You know, uh, they, they, you couldn't beat the weather. You own the, you know, you even Puerto Rico, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful uh, uh, parties uh, uh, from uh, uh, from women and everything else, but it was that that wasn't the, the, the case I was down there for. I was down there to make money, you know, and uh, you know when I, I was I went down there. Dutch Mantel was there, you know, Zeb Coulter. They know yes. him here, and, and, you know. So I, I called him. And he said, "Yeah, man, come on down." So he flew, we flew down, man, and uh, we were uh, kicking it, man. Had a good time, you know. It was good people. I, I you know, I always tell people at times too uh, that that Dutch Mantel, one of the best minds in pro wrestling ever. People, uh, if you want to really learn something from. Uh, uh, from some people, especially these youngsters, man, if you ever get a chance to even uh, pick his brain, man, uh, head out there and talk to Zev Cold, man. Dutch Mantel. I uh, totally, totally agree with that 100% for sure. Such a great mind for the business. As far as you going back to ECW, returning in 99, was that something they maybe offered you more money or you wanted to go back, unfinished business? How come you returned in 99? Well, in 99, hey, the price was right. You know, mm. <laughs> you know, the price was right, man, at that time to come back and, and, and do and make that run. You know, uh, you have to go where where you're hot. You know what I mean? You had to go. And then I went back to Puerto Rico after that. You know what I'm saying? And then I, then I started making a run over to Japan, you know, a little bit, and, 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 you know. It wasn't a big run, but it was enough to, to, you know, go to Japan and have a good time over there too. Uh, you know, it, it, it was when I when I got back. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, now this was the one where I was going against Jack, right? Yes, Mister Mustafa. Yeah. yeah, you make your return. Yep. Right. So, so we make the return, and you know, sometimes you got to make a statement for yourself. You know, what I'm saying you got to make a statement for yourself as far as, hey guys. Uh, I love you guys, you know, and uh, like being around you. But hey, there's other there's other fish to fry out here too. So uh, you know, they they gave me a call back, man. Uh, when I when I, when I got back, he said, "Hey, you're gonna have a feud against uh, uh, Jack, you know, for one time, and and we're, we're gonna you know go from there." So me and Jack made the best of it, you know, and and, and Jack did his thing, man, you know. And that's when he was starting to jump off of things, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, so I was I was one of the first uh, the uh, uh, the first experiments I'm gonna say like uh, when it happened and and so he said yeah man I'm gonna take you on the table and then I'm gonna come off the balcony and I said all right cool I said uh, I I'll be ready for now this was the funny part now some people thought we should wrestle after that. You know, and, and I thought I said, man, the one, two, three is good enough right there, man. As yeah, you come off, absolutely. You get back in yeah. the ring. Yeah, I mean, what else could you do after, after that match? You know, and then they come in there and jump them again and throw them out the top of. I mean, it was it, some of the, <laughs> you know, uh, the way they called that one. I was like, wow, that's a little bit too much. You know what I mean? But hey, it was ECW. You know, so yeah, your wild and crazy well, world of ECW. So you ended really yeah, kind of like the, the price was just right. That's all. The, the price is right to come back. 
so when you do come back and you know you have that few new jack where you're saying like the price is right when you end up leaving again was it just a short-term deal like you just did it a little money pop and then out of there yeah that's what i did just money popping and out of there again you know it, it was like uh you know you remember back in the day when they used to have the loser leaves town matches Maybe oh yeah the guy had yep. a deal somewhere you know, majority of the time the guy had a deal somewhere else, you know. And, uh, you know, you drop the strap. And especially when you move on, you drop the strap. Uh, that's an automatic thing, you know. You, you, and some of the guys who know the business know that, uh, you know, you get your money and, and you drop the straps and get your money and get up out of there, move on to the next one. You know, but most of the time guys was really into having a belt. You know, some guys was really into having a belt, not making no money. And I was looking at them sometimes. I used to look at them and say, wow, okay, that's different. That's all I can hmm. say about that. Yeah, that yeah. You know, there, there's plenty of guys that can walk around and, you know, make 20 bucks and then have a belt around their waist. And, they, they you know, they all over the Internet trying to show themselves, and, you know, and things like that. And then you have guys that, uh, you know, in the WWE, never going to get a shot at no uh, WWE championship or nothing. Never going never to get a shot at it. A lot of, but they made a great living at it. Which, right. Do the math. Which one would you choose? You know what I mean? You got to be smart. You got I mean, if you want to be on top, yeah, sure. And, you know, and belt and stuff, but it's all about that green. You got to be making that money. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, that's what it, that's what it's all about. I mean, I was taught by the uh, best of the best, you know, uh, Gene Anderson, and then being around Ole, uh, you know, not hanging out with him or nothing like that. But you know, at times that you know, I heard Ole talk, and uh, before it even did these uh, YouTubes and things like that, I was hearing that stuff then, you know, with him, you know, uh, drawing money because. A lot of lot of lot of guys that's in this business that people love never really got it. You know, as far as uh they knew it was a work and uh uh at times uh the but the shoot part that's in their in their head or whatever's going on in their head, they never got the the, the, the point of it. And the point was uh uh to uh, to draw money, you know. To entertain the people and draw money, you know, and you, the, you were there. Okay, but I'm gonna say it like this: either you was one of those guys that drew money that they could say your name, and I'm not gonna uh, put any names out there because everybody's different. You know, what I'm saying just you, you do the math on this uh, for the people out there too, and. You know, not you, John, but, you know, you, you do the math. You have people who drew the money, or you was that one that was always with the people who was drawing the most money. That's all you, right. that's all you ever wanted to be in the business. You know, uh, there was nobody that was saying that one person came to see one person. That whole crowd of people, you're talking about 15, 20,000, 5,000 people. You can't sit there and tell me that everybody come to see that one person. They didn't, you know. Uh, I remember I used to love the first match but growing up as a kid. They, that guy would come out there, man, uh, uh, 
Uh, let me name a good uh, guy that was just hell of a uh, guy in the business. Uh, George South, for example. Who oh, That's the first name I was thinking of too. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? George South. I remember mm-hmm. Les Thornton. Um, uh, now I'm going back now. You know what I'm saying? I remember. Yep. I, I remember uh, the, the the Royals, Gary Royal and uh, Gary Royal. You know those guys back in the day. You know these guys uh, would would make a make you look like a star, man. You know, and uh, if you was one of them, if you was one of them dumb dumbs, I'm gonna say it like that. I, yeah, I'm gonna say it like that. If you one of them dumb dumbs that didn't know that these guys are putting you over like that, and then you didn't appreciate that at all, didn't have no kind of appreciation, then you just didn't know the business. You know, you you, you just didn't know the business side of it. You know, and there's one thing about it is this is always going to be a work. Your Hall of Fame is a work. None of those guys, I'm not saying those guys couldn't kick nobody's ass and people take it wrong every a lot of times when I say it like that. I'm not saying that people couldn't kick nobody's ass. What I'm trying to tell you is that the whole thing is a work. Okay. Uh, and those people should be, you know, a lot of them are thankful. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of them, those guys are thankful uh, for being where they're at, you know. Now, some of them, some of them are not. You know, some of them took it for granted. But you, but that's okay, too. You know what I mean? But I, I'm the kind of person that I look back at it, and uh, I'm not going to take for granted of what most of those guys helped me out and, and uh, helped me. You know, Jack uh, the helped me, you know, saying D-Lo helped me. A lot of people, Cornette, you know, I, I can just keep going on and on, you know, uh, with it. And the, all those guys uh, uh, helped me be the, where, where I was at, where I'm at today, you know. Now, as we hit the wind-down button and start to head for the finish, you mentioned before going to the wrestling with your father and your grandfather, and you mentioned all the guys that kind of made you who you were and going through the ranks. Who was your favorite all-time wrestler? Is it Wahoo McDaniel, or do you have somebody else in mind? Well, believe it or not, man, uh, uh, my favorite wrestler uh, uh, to me that I that that I watch over uh, on the net all the time, Johnny Valentine. Hmm. I can see that. Johnny Valentine was a, a, a favorite of mine because see, he showed you. What he showed me now, I look back now at it now as as being in the business. He shows your body. I remember watching him when he was younger. He could do drop kicks and all kind of stuff back in his younger days, jumping up and down. You know, the knees good, ankles feeling good, and then all of a sudden he did this style that was, uh, you know, uh, mentally. You could see what he was doing all the way through. You could see what body part he was working to, uh, to win the match, and you know, and he did it methodical and things like that. And so I started thinking like that. Now when I look back at it, man, your legs start going. So you're not going to do jumping around and do some of the stuff that you was doing before. And you you going just like some of these guys. Uh, uh, look at look at the guys that was doing moon salts. Look how they look now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We get older, man, so you got to adjust your game. You got to adjust your your your, your wrestling style. And uh, so with with me, uh, it sounds a little crazy. 
I, I thought I, I, I like Johnny. Uh, you know, now he was my favorite, but uh, also the Anderson brothers. I would like to watch the way they tag. You know, the way uh, uh, the way they tag people. Wahoo McDaniel's. You know, uh, that, that that's that's on my on my on my list. You know, but those are guys that uh, seemed like it just made sense the way they was doing it. You know, and uh, they weren't all over the place. You know, I got other wrestlers that I, I love. Ernie Ladd uh, being on the microphone. I mean, he get on that mic, man. He tear it up. You know, um, and you know, so that's those are guys that I remember the most that stuck out to me that I that I go watch the most or, or still watch. You know, just just from a, a point of the business because like you got to be able to speak on the mic. Okay. Now people say, "Well, Mustafa, you didn't speak on the mic. New Jack did it." But who could out? Who uh, when, when you think about it, who could out speak New Jack? Right. I mean, not many. I not many say, people. Yep. You you see what I'm saying? So being dude, I'm I'm so glad that I started where I started at, watching Oli and Gene. Oli did the talking, and Gene was sitting in the back, taking it easy. You know the. Uh, Twitching his neck, and you know what's going on. I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm copy that same concept because there was no way I was going to out talk New Jack. You know, right. What, 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 what was I going to say after what he said? Hmm, you're right. You know, Makes sense. Yep. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so that that, that after I see him talk on the mic, I said, oh, we good. Let me go into that crazy in the back, in the background, and we'll go from there. So. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. As far as you and, and your career and could be gangster related, favorite match or maybe some favorite matches or some favorite opponents that you guys had or that you had in particular? Oh, man. You know what? I, I could even say a favorite match because we had so many. You know, the, uh, it had so many. I don't even want to put nobody on the spot like that because, man, we had so many. You know, uh, different, different, the, the, the different styles. Whether we was doing the tables, the ladders, and the chairs, or we was just doing a, 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 a regular tag match. You know, just uh, rough wrestling. You know, uh, shoot, I, nah, people, I don't have no favorite. <laughs> good, good thing, had so many of them, had so many uh, good matches. You know. Absolutely. Now, as far as yeah. you yourself, are you still wrestling? Are you still active? Because I know you're out there in the California independent scene and, and still kind of maybe training guys and stuff like that. Are you still active? I'm doing both. Oh, yeah, I, I train and, and I still I do I still do some shows. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I'm not going to stop. I'm, uh, you know, keep myself in uh, good shape and, and try to anyway and keep working out and uh, keep going and Training these guys, you know. So, yeah, I'm still doing. Have you been training anybody that maybe we would know, or anybody that we should keep an eye out on? Any anybody like from that scene that's uh, really going to be making an impact? Well, there's uh, a couple of guys I, I want people to really uh, keep their eyes on. We, I mean, we got some other guys. Uh, I don't know if anybody heard of. Uh, well, I mean, Reno Scum. The Reno Scum is in. Oh here. yeah. Yep. Yep. Of course. Yep. So they they they're some of the guys. I, uh, you know, I got to uh, put my hands in uh, a few things they were doing. Uh, Jeff Cobb, 
Jeff Cobb, he's, uh, uh, he's in um, uh, is he? uh, Ring of Honor, he's New Japan, AEW, yep. Yeah, he's doing the Ring of Honor too, right? Yep, absolutely, yep. yep. And, and then Tim Thatcher. Tim Thatcher had just signed uh, down at uh, NXT. Yes, great, great so, technical yeah. wrestler, yep. Right, you see what I'm saying? And uh, uh, th- these guys are the ones that, you know, that, you know, I just got to talk to and and help them out, uh, you know, help them out as they help me out, you know. So. That is great. I love that you're uh, still active and still training and stuff. So when the, uh, the career is over, you know, when when the lights are out on the career, stuff like that, what do you think is like the lasting legacy or the, the stamp? of Mustafa Saeed on the professional wrestling business? Well, the, 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 my saying is, man, uh, it, it's fun, man. You know, make sure you're doing something you, you, you're having fun with where uh, you, you can look yourself in the mirror and and, 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 and be proud of yourself. You know, that, that, the, that's, a, that's the thing that I want the people uh, uh Maybe to, to look at me and say, "Wow, that guy! Look, like he had fun doing what he was doing. Even though it was crazy looking, you know." But mm-hmm. you know, that's what—that's that, all it is, man. It, it, it's about uh, uh, healthy. You was able to keep your health up uh, and, and have fun, man, and and enjoy, enjoyment in the business, and that's the legacy that I, hopefully I can leave for the rest of the. Now, lastly, as far as social media, plug, stuff like that, where can the fans reach you? Well, the fans can reach me. Uh, just do, I got a, 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 just a Facebook deal, you know, uh, Mustafa Saeed. And uh, I haven't uh, really uh, put anything out there uh, as far as uh, merch, merch or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, if, I, if I do, they'll know. They'll know. So, but just tell them, uh, you know, hit me up on uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Mustafa Saeed, man. That's about it. All right. Awesome stuff, Mustafa Saeed. Really appreciate all the time you gave me here tonight. Now, of course, you are a part of one of the most memorable tag teams. That is uh, for damn sure. Smoky Mountain, ECW, you and New Jack as the gangsters will quite honestly, never be forgotten. Controversial, yes, but great tag team, great workers, great brawlers, everything all mixed in one. So, Mustafa, thank you so much for all the time tonight. Appreciate it. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.